0: Hello and welcome to episode 153 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Preseason football is back. That means we just got to watch an NFL game. My name is Cameron Hobbs.
1: And my name is Paul Mitchell. Training camp has opened up all across America. We're getting close to game time. But where else should we start but in New York? We've brought Jamie Borthwick from the NFL Scotland podcast along to discuss the newly crowned fighting giants. Nobody fights like them giants. Pile-ups and punch-ups. This one could end up in a brawl.
2: I'm here to batter you both over the internet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yes, it is training camp tropes. I think this is something that we're going to cover today because this is the time of year where training camp footage is far and wide. And and let's be honest, if you if you've been in need of some NFL news, I mean, you get all the stories, you get all the stuff, but to actually see stuff going on, training camp is is, is great in a lot of ways, because you get so much footage, if you can find time in your life to sit and watch some players that you're not quite sure who they are, because you can't really see the numbers actually, they're not even wearing a top, flinging a ball around and making a judgment about your season, then this is the time for you! But. Um, And, and, you know, the NFL Network do a really good job of, uh, you know, getting getting people around every single training ground. The cameras are there. You see what's going on. But we're going to start with the big topic because the cameras weren't there. Or certainly if the cameras were there, i have still to see any footage. The New York Giants is kicking off. It's going nuts. Jamie, thoughts first of all. And then good or bad? Is this showing passion? Is this showing like, yeah, they're fired up? Or is this like, oh, God, what's going on at the Giants?
2: I thought it was absolutely hilarious. It was it was like one of those, how it started, how it's going memes. Like They they put out the picture of them all in pads going, first day in pads! And then uh, an hour later, you've got all the reporters there going, yeah, it's just uh, it's a massive pile-up, and Daniel Jones has somehow found himself at the bottom of it. Um, yeah, first day in pads, a lot of excitement around. Towards the end of the session, Corey Coleman gets popped a bit late by uh, Jabril Peppers. And Evan Ingram goes in and just sort of like shoves him in the back, and then um, Logan Ryan takes exception. To Evan Ingram, a couple of punches get thrown, and it ends up with every single player on the field in a great big pile up, uh, mashing each other. And Joe Judge was not happy with it, so he sent all the other coaches away and he made them run two hundred meter sprints for uh, the rest of their session, and you know all the press ups and. Setups and all the old school stuff that Joe Judge loves to do. And I love the fact that it's it's been split into two almost entirely um, coexisting camps of this is brilliant, this shows the passion in the Giants. And at exactly the same time, everyone going, oh my God, Joe Judge is so old school. This will never work. The, play- the players have moved on. This doesn't work anymore. And um, somehow there just seems to be a beautiful sort of equilibrium where both of these things exist and both are true at the same time. <sighs>
1: somebody's upset Cameron there's going to be a punch (laughs) up coming that's for sure Jamie to me it's utterly weird I I can't tell whether it does foster team spirit slugging you know one of your teammates and and let's be honest a lot of these guys won't be on the roster towards the end of it I mean whether you agree with the coach's actions or not I think he was decisive and did something he didn't just sort of cut the practice send them indoors and send them home which is like rewarding bad behaviour at least he did something uh, I think it's the best uh preseason story to come out since Gino Smith got his jaw broken. Um by was it Ike Impikari, I think it was, somebody like that. That was a, that was a brilliant one. And the best thing about the the one about Gino Smith was the Jets players said he deserved it. Um so there's there's just something about New York in training camps. I think it's a it's a big story in New York, but anything that happens in New York comes across the whole country really. If that's a punch up in the Jags training camp, I don't think too much is made of it. Uh, but I think it's New York, you're under the spotlight and yeah, it gave everybody a laugh.
0: It did. And yeah. it puts it puts the Giants into early favorites for the NFL Scotland Levine Hogg Award for preseason Bob Aggery, you know, and it's <laughs> it's a new award that we're kicking off from this year, but I think it's one that we should have every year. Um I just want to take exception to one thing you said, Jamie, before you come back in. You did say every single player on the field got involved, but there was a Twitter interaction between a couple of Scottish uh, New York Giant kickers where Lawrence Tynes tweeted to say how disappointed he was to learn that Graham Gonneau and Dixon were not part of the fray and the specialists were going soft. Uh, Graham Gonneau replied to this saying... Pull up on Lawrence and we're going to see hashtag Scottish brawl, uh, to which Lawrence Times replied saying, headbutts only, Glasgow kiss for those in the know, which was a lovely interaction between the two of them. <laughs> I Thoroughly enjoyed it.
2: That is absolutely beautiful. I absolutely love that. Yeah. If ever, if ever there was a future NFL Scotland feature, <laughs> then that's it right there. Ah. T- you know, it, it's the absolute beauty of like um, the the media scene around the NFL as well. That like moments after this happened, Daniel Jones is over talking to reporters about you know giving them the ins and outs of the fight. It's phenomenal. I mean, you know, can you imagine that over here? Just just wouldn't happen. But every single player has come out to bat for Joe Judge. Every single player. And you've got to say, you know, even though I, sometimes I feel like Judge's whole. Um, disciplinarian thing it feels a little bit affected you know it feels a little bit like okay this is what i've seen other coaches do it's stuff that i wouldn't say to his face like because he absolutely terrifies me <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the the discipline in terms of the message is absolutely watertight every single one of them is going in to bat for judge every single one of them from the work from the moment he walked in um has said that they are buying in that there is full buy-in um And as a Giants fan that has seen the lurching about and the ill-discipline and the infighting in a non-physical sense, that's really heartening to see. And, you know, let's hope that that is, well, the the proof will be when they start playing. But if if they are as tight as they're making out, then that is going to be reflected on the field when the real stuff starts.
0: The other thing that followed up from that was, obviously, he wasn't getting enough of the attention because Coach Garrett, uh, as I'm now going to call him forevermore, uh, insisted to the press that they call him coach. Is this just a new season of like edgy coaching in the New York Giants, or is that just is that just Garrett?
2: When I say Joe Judge intimidates me, I would say that <laughs> Jason Garrett does not. I just thought that was weird, 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 weird behaviour from uh, a guy who is probably just feeling insecure. I know that it's a total football trope over there that you call someone coach all the time, but particularly you know having so long so long between face-to-face contact and all these beat reporters and you've got to keep a really good um, relationship with the beat reporters, particularly in new york i I just thought it was it was bizarre behavior to insist that they all call them coach. It's like you're not coaching them you, you know you, you're not you're not in charge of them. Um, yeah all right there's a cultural thing that doesn't quite translate but I still just thought oh, come on mate.
0: Yeah it's funny it is an unwritten respect piece and I think as soon as you start asking people to do it or they saying that people should do it then it's no longer a respect piece that's a rule uh, and the respect comes from the fact that people respect you to the point where you, you they would call you coach uh, and therefore I think It's kind of like a manager at work wanting you only, you call me boss and you call me boss. Like if anybody in your workplace insisted that you call them boss, you'd be like, Aye, all right, Gary, no bother. Um, um, and, and I say Gary, because that would be a female, That would, that's a bloke all over it. And it's a, a bloke coach as well. I, I think your interesting point about him being insecure, and I think that's really interesting, because that maybe is exactly where it's coming from, because it was weird, it was weird. And I think, yeah, it is a respect thing. It's, it's right that it's a respect thing. Um, and I think that it loses that thing of being a respect thing as soon as you start asking for people to do it.
1: Well, I think there's two things here. One, I mean, unwritten rules aren't worth the paper they're not written on. And two, I would like to now be known as the commentator, formerly known as Prince. <laughs> is
2: that okay? I uh, will make. I'll, <laughs> I'll carry that on, Paul. Absolutely. Every time I see you in a football ground now, i will going to your name in that in that
1: fashion. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you guys. This is weird. I thought calling somebody coach was a mark of real respect. Now, to me, that's the head coach you want to say that you want to be known as coach do it subtly not in front and not in what i would have thought was a lecturing tone now if you take scottish football dundee united wish tam court to be known as thomas that has been the the message that they've passed out to the media whether you agree with it or not uh you know dundee united have done that now the giants could have done a similar thing but Jason Garrett just comes off looking petty and I don't really think that's necessarily his character. So I don't think that would crack.
2: it kind of it loses the the, the the discipline of the week where they've been kind of trying to not laugh off the fight, but certainly legitimise it and say like there there was nothing wrong with what happened here. And Garrett's just come out and basically looked shaky and defensive.
0: Yeah. I wondered I can't think if there was many... He must have had fights at the Cowboys. There must have been fights in Dallas. There's no way that didn't go on. So it's not like this is in Hanoutum. I don't remember... I suppose in... In Dallas, he would have been called coach. And do and, and, you know It's a really interesting one on the back of this as well. Neil Reynolds tweeted something out um, that I thought was a really good point where he was talking about when Rex Ryan was in the studio. He always referred to him as coach. And that was a respect thing. He f- That's how he felt right for him to do it. And I think that's perfectly great. He was saying he got a bit of slack about it. But actually, I don't think he deserves any slack for that. That's what you would call a coach. What's your thoughts on that, coach? Similarly, he, w- he then talked about Jeff Reinbold and said... When it comes to Jeff, he calls him Jeff because he knows him so well. And naturally, you know, they're so close, he calls him Jeff. And I think that's great because it shows the relationship in that setting as well. To, to have first name terms is not a problem. To, to demand to be called coach is just, yeah, it's a bit of Bob Aggery as well right there. That's just, come on, man. You know, there's enough going on at the moment. You don't need to be doing any of that. So there's a lot of pre-season stories going on. I touched at the very top there. We had the Hall of Fame game last night. Um, I think, you know, hot take from me this morning is that pre-season football is still a bit shit. Um, But you know what? It's a sign that it's coming back. And I'll embrace it for that. It's great because it's, uh, you know... It's got a lot of tradition. It signifies the start of the NFL season. I love to see it come round. I always watch it. Over the years, though, I've definitely found that the way in which I watch it has decreased a little bit. I have sat up and watched it on one occasion because I was so excited for the football to come back. Then I kind of went, I'll watch it the next day. And then beyond that, I can fast forward through it, 40 minutes Game in 40 minutes on Game Pass. This morning, I just watched the highlights. Um, And I'll be perfectly honest, four minutes off the Hall of Fame game, probably about the right way to watch that. Um, Dallas Cowboys got scalped um, 16-3. And to be perfectly honest, there really wasn't much to, to take from the highlights, certainly. Uh, Micah Parsons had a a really good play for a rookie good to get him up and running but I don't know if you guys have seen anything from it you know stats wise I think the Cowboys we're not going to talk about any of the 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 quarterbacks Garrett Gilbert 9 for 13 104 yards Ben DiNucci 7 for 17 89 yards and an interception Cooper Rush 8 for 13 for 70 yards, obviously no touchdowns there. Uh, Mason Rudolph, 6 for nine, eighty-four yards. Bleh, had a, was involved in that fumble, I think. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, 8 for 13, 54 yards. And then Josh Dobbs, 4 for 6, 37 yards and a touchdown. It, 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 there's nothing there to get overly excited about, Paul, is there?
1: It's a bit like going on a holiday in your back garden rather than going to Florida <laughs> pre-season football. You, you just don't want to go there. I mean, really. I mean, Mika Parsons looked good. I think that's probably the best take. I think on the other side, if you look at the fact that uh, Pittsburgh may have found a punter in the wonderfully named Presley Harmon III, uh, he punted really well. Now, you've got to say that's probably the one thing that you can tell is the kicking game. Uh, Quarterback play, Dwayne Haskins remains a mystery. I don't think there's much doubt about that. Mason Rudolph, you're always going to get what you get. So I think they've got to protect Big Ben if they're going to have a successful season. I don't think they've got a decent two behind them. Dallas, well, as I say, it was, it was a scrimmage as far as they were concerned. Scoreline, unimportant. And as I say, four minutes worth of highlights probably says it all. Yes.
0: It was interesting to see, Jamie, though, if you look at the players that were out. For the Cowboys, you're, you know... I'll be honest, I don't know my lines well enough to immediately know who's the starters for those teams. But if you look at the receiving positions, none of the main receivers, uh, none of the significant running backs uh, appeared for the Cowboys at all. Looking at the Steelers, though, uh, Chase Claypool uh, had three uh, receptions. Deontay Johnson had two. You had Jalen Samuels was out there. Najee Harris was out there. Uh, Kaelin Ballage, he scored a touchdown. So, you know, Ray Ray McLeod was a player who was featuring. So the, the Steelers certainly put out more of a team the, than Dallas, and interesting as well because this is this new shortened preseason. We had no preseason last year, but this is this new shortened preseason, uh, and the Steelers looking to take an opportunity to put more of their first team players out than the Cowboys are.
2: You got to wonder if they discuss that prior to, to going out. Uh, you know, they can say, "Look, we're going to throw so and so out there," you know, just in case you want to give maybe some of your your first line defense uh, a run out. This is. The, it's so completely different. It's such a completely different vibe that you know, this is they're trying to get a mutual benefit out of these games and, and I mean really the only people that miss out are the people who try to watch it and enjoy it. For me, preseason the the start of games starting is really just like the first signal that I, I I'm gonna start thinking about who I'm gonna draft in fantasy. Uh I see who's injured, who's who's had good camps, um, and start reading up, particularly on rookies, um, that is about um, as involved as I get in in these few weeks, um, in terms of the actual competitive stuff, I think it's really really hard to get a gauge on who's who is where because um, all the all the all the serious work that's going in that's going to make proper difference when they all come out on week one that's been done in camp, not out in pre-season games.
0: And, you know, you touch on a point that brings us on nicely to the overall tropes from training camp because this is a time where you do hear a lot of hyperbole and a lot of um, nonsense and conjecture and, oh, this player had a particularly good day today. Um, And people are making stories out of it. Now, where it becomes interesting and where it tends to get a little bit of gravity behind it, a little bit of uh, strength and a little bit of clout is because there's so many people looking at that fantasy football thing that people are looking for nuggets. So people are talking about what people are talking about more as they're trying to draw out the the headlines that's going to inform what they do in their fantasy football. It's such a talked about thing. It's so popular that suddenly little throwaway comments like, um, or, you know, d- Jimmy Garoppolo uh, had two interceptions today, but Trey Lance didn't have any, right? That doesn't mean anything. But people will be going, oh, well, I'm picking Trey Lance, by the way. He's going to be starting. No, no interceptions in our training day. Christ. Um, And that's where some of that seems to go. It goes from a little statistic to a story just because there's people invested in the outcome because the outcome, if they can read it right, could result in a win when it comes to fantasy football. So, yeah, we get a lot of nonsense. And I need to talk about quarterbacks, actually, because there was two uh, clips that I shared on our um, NFL Scotland WhatsApp group. Uh, The first one was Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely pinpoint nailing it into the chain bucket from I don't even know how far away. I tell you, I, I don't know if you guys watched it, but that throw is magnificent. And then another clip um, of another uh, QB one uh, who is actually going to be up against Aaron Rodgers Week One as Jameis Winston um, <laughs> <don't> know, fe- <laughs> fell through the uh, the training dolls. <laughs> and it was it was quite. Some- <laughs> I have not seen a man slapped around more by an inanimate object. Um, just it was it was a special moment, Paul, and I had to share it. Uh, I think
2: don't I'll pretend that your internet's run out again, Paul. We know. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, two, two things. First of all, you, you may laugh at those training dogs, but the Jaguars have signed two of them, OK? <laughs> they were that good. Um, and I also take exception at you calling Jameis Winston quarterback one. That has not been decided yet. Let's not go there. I am trying to get through August with a little bit of hope in my heart. Um, so let, let, let's not do that. Thank you.
0: But what were your thoughts, though? Would, would I mean, he stayed on his feet. It showed, surely there showed some <laughs> level of control there, you know? The, the the seven guys that went before him managed to get through, like, on top. Fine, he wasn't on top against inanimate things, but he still got through, right? There's, there's plus, plus signs there.
1: He's the kind of guy that on total wipeout would have slipped on the first <laughs> beam and gone into the water with seven seconds gone. So no, there, there's nothing good about that. You can take your trope, uh, yeah, exactly. You
0: you know what I'm going to say. Then. <laughs> <laughs> ah, dear. Um, training camp buzz. This is the other thing that you get as well. Uh, the Eagles. We'll talk about the Eagles because this is probably an interesting one. Uh, no rush to name Jalen Hurts as QB one in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, who else is going to be quarterback? Uh, I think that's the question. Like if it's if it's no Hurts, then who? Who is it? Um, Things like that are just fascinating. There's these weird stories that become a story. It's now a thing. Oh, why are they not naming Jalen Hurts QB one? Uh, the Saints, same thing. Oh, why are they not picking the quarterback? That means it's an open competition. I think Paul. You, Ween, you
2: wonder whether Philly are the ones that dangle out this. Oh, maybe we'll trade for Deshaun Watson, um, which, which 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 was nonsense and it was and it was completely knocked down like straight away. But you got to think, right? Okay, what's the game here? What's the game here? Do they, do they want it known that, that they're in the market for a trade or are they just trying to throw folk off the set? I don't know. That stuff that stuff is interesting. Leaks are always interesting because you've got to wonder where did it come from and what's their game?
0: Other news as well. Uh, NFL Senior VP of Officiating Al Riveron is retiring after 17 years with the league. Um, feels like that's a, a fair amount of experience that's going to be leaving the NFL. Always, and, and, and when it comes to officiating, I know this is a hot topic for you, Paul, and you're a big fan of them, but um, you know, having an officials with that much experience, having them move on is always going to be a loss. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's more so than any position on the field. I think a fit, a experience at the position of official is more important than anything else
1: yeah it's been a bad off season for the Rams already losing a running back and now losing a high high positioned official so i mean that 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 is tough for the Rams, but i you know I hope they bounce back the the, the thing with the officiating is will it change anything you know will they move in a slightly different direction um there's there's always things will you get in some days perhaps a bit more progressive. Are you looking at some of the more experienced officials who perhaps have got things wrong that have been slightly protected? You know, that's a story that's possibly worth looking at and to see, you know, if we suddenly get a lot of officials retiring next year. Um, you know, so I think that's a story well worth keeping an eye on. The other story I think that's, that's worth mentioning is, is the issue of the Colts and Carson Wentz going down. I mean, you, you know, with a foot injury, they've also lost the lineman as well. Quinton you know, Nelson's probably days, their best lineman. Yeah, yeah <laughs> ab- absolutely. So, I mean, that's where the scrutiny of training camp comes in. And Jamie mentioned that, you know, if you are a beat writer, you've got, you know, columns to fill, social media clips to get on. In Indianapolis, now it's an absolute gift because you've got proper stories to look at because they now have proper questions. And I think, you know, I mean, Jamie, I would class, I mean, somebody once called me a journalist. I'm no more a journalist than flying there. Jamie is a proper journalist. That's the kind of place that Jamie would like to be because you can actually do proper work. You're not looking for the fluff. You're then actually looking for the stories behind what's happening. And I, I think that would be a fascinating place to be at the moment.
2: You gotta you gotta work hard when there's no stories happening. <laughs> when you got when you got the big stuff landed on your lap, that's uh that that's that's the easy bit. And it's certainly yeah, that's where you wanna be. Those are two massive stories. Quentin Nelson's like an, an unbelievable player to see him going down is that's a, that's a nightmare for Indianapolis.
0: And and do you know that that division as well, with the state of the Texans. With the Jacksonville Jags going through a fairly big transition, the Tennessee Titans must be going, Hallelujah, happy days. <laughs> um, you know, they—that's that division has kind of gone from one of the most fascinating. I was kind of looking forward to seeing what Vince was going to be able to do for the Colts, to now you're kind of like, oh, well, this is maybe between the Titans and the Jags. And actually, there's an opportunity now for the Jags to go, if we can get our shit together, then we've got an opportunity here to actually be quite successful because one of our main competitors is going to be without their quarterback. And if you look at the, the rest of the, the QB room, not only have you got someone that's going to be going in there that's either a rookie or not particularly great in the elite end of the scale, um, but they're also going to be missing a key lineman. So that, that line's not going to be able to be even protect them as much as as it could have before. So definitely real issues for Indianapolis. I wonder as well if there's there's nobody really there in the market that I can think of. Like Jacoby Brissett is obviously now with the Dolphins, so he's the one player that they could have plugged in. I wonder whether they go back. I did put out a tweet, so tweet though, saying that the, the game plan's written for this. Um, When Carson vance goes down, you go get Nick Foles. And Nick Foles is just up the road in Chicago. I'm sure it wouldn't take much of a trade to go and get Nick Foles and... I don't see why you wouldn't. You know, fine, we know what Foles is and what Foles isn't, but that O-line, even without Nelson, is still better than I think the Bears one is. So you would like to think that there's enough protection there for an experienced campaigner like Foles. He could function fairly well and perhaps keep the Colts relevant enough um, t- until Vence gets back. Uh, although, I mean, October, November, who knows when he'll be back. Other stories coming out of training camps. Uh, Obviously, this is a point where a number of players will be returning. Joe Burrows, probably the the big one that a lot of people will be looking to see. You know, coming back to the Bengals who've gone out and traded and gotten more weapons. You often hear about that sophomore slump, but he didn't really get through his rookie season, so hopefully he can come back, be fully fit, and and come back strong. Um, Paul, you know, it's a player that we were looking forward to seeing last season. There was definitely positive signs, and Things like that give teams like the Bengals real hope coming into the season as well.
1: Yeah, I like what the Bengals have done. I thought the draft was relatively strong. I thought they drafted mostly in the right places. Uh, You know, you've got a talent in Joe Burrow. You've got to protect that talent. And I think what you see is if you don't protect the talent, they get away with it for a few years, but they get absolutely banged up. I mean, you just wonder, you know, how much of Andrew Luck getting, you know, done and dusted in the first couple of seasons really just, you know, cut his longevity in the league. So I think it's a very short-term league. We know that. But for your star players, you've got to look that little bit further down the line, especially at quarterback, where these guys really don't normally move. Now, I know we've seen a lot of quarterback movement from number one draft picks that haven't worked out or, you know, first round draft picks. But normally you've got to protect that investment. Uh, It it never makes sense to me that you, you go out it's like going out and buying a new car and then parking it in the middle of a bus lane. You know, I'm wondering why the buses here are clipping it on the way past. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I think the Bengals are, are doing a pretty decent job. I'm very interested to see that. I'm interested, you touched on Chicago, the quarterback situation in Chicago. I think they've caused their own problems again. Um, I wouldn't have necessarily disagreed with the drafting, but, you know, it then comes on to the new boy against the experienced veteran. And that rarely ends particularly well.
0: Other tropes coming out, wide receivers that haven't played well, suddenly playing well, Sammy Watkins. Greg Roman has come out and said that Sammy Watkins is one of the best receivers in the league. I guess the problem (laughs) is, Gordon's not here, so let's take the cheap shots. I guess the problem is he's playing in Baltimore, so he's not going to see a lot of passes. But, yeah, Sammy Watkins is not and never has been one of the best receivers in the league. I don't think that's... (laughs) And that's the trope that the coaches have to come out and say, right? This is the stuff that we hear that we're just like, and maybe we're we're just old and cynical here at the NFL Scotland podcast. But certainly I kind of feel like, yeah, whatever, guys. We've heard all this crap before.
2: Just goes back to what Paul said there. You know, the reporters are starving for a line. So throw them something like that and they'll
0: make something out of it. Throw them a full team brawl. That's, that's, see, the Giants are just doing it
2: for the journalists. That, 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 that is that is the, the cleverest move that exists.
0: <laughs> well, the th- actually, do you know what? It's a good point. Because you do something like that and nothing else is going to get talked about. See if Daniel Jones has had a bit of a wobble. That's not going to get yeah. a mention because they've got to talk about the massive brawl.
2: Yeah, Genius. throw him at the bottom of a big pile all night. <laughs> no one's going to be talking about him looking gashed
0: see what there was there was a wee there was a wee safety box it was all planned he crawled into a wee safety box everyone piled on top it was choreographed (laughs) (laughs) DJ's panic room yeah Yeah, he spends a lot of time with that Uh, that'll be in place for the season as well Uh, Xavier and Howard the other big story obviously demanding a new contract trade requests all that jazz two years into a four year deal I think um, obviously had issues with the Dolphins stuck by him. This one seems to have definitely split opinion. He's clearly a class player, um, exceptional. You know, you look at his numbers from last year, he was an absolute standout. But I think there's perhaps a way to do these things. And there's a lot of people have felt he's perhaps, yeah, not shown the respect to the Dolphins that they would like to see from a player. Although there's been so many cases of this and other players have done the same thing and got what they wanted. So it's hard for players not to follow that practice
2: yeah now. yeah that that's what's turned this endemic was the amount of players who have great season and then they're like right no you got to pay me like one of the best in the league you know the whole thing about you know they want they want to be on a par in terms of um, salary with the best in the league and so it's the first thing players think of now when they have a, a you know a huge season like Xavier and Howard did Um but you know they've got to, <laughs> they sign the contract for a reason there's got to be a little bit more protection for the for the franchises as well
0: Paul, you know, you see stories like that as well. Jamal Adams is essentially having a hold-in in in Seattle, is the headline, while he waits on a new contract. He's watching practices from the sideline. Um, It doesn't seem like anybody is sweating the situation and it looks as though that a deal will come soon. But at the moment, again, having one of your players standing on the sideline for preseason isn't a helpful place to be. And Jamal Adams is a perfect example of someone that's likely to go, pay me or I'm away.
1: I think you know it, it gets slightly tiresome. People, you know, signing these contracts and then you're know, mm-hmm. wanting to renegotiate. I mean, the Dolphins, to be fair, I think they'll get rid of Howard. They'll clear the cap space so they can sign Harry Kane. That's obviously their idea. Um, <laughs> that's what Harry Kane wants. Is holding out. He's got a gentleman's agreement to go to the Dolphins. Um, it, it just the the power is largely with the players now. The teams have got an element of control, but. The NFL, which is, was probably the tightest of them all, uh, the, the powers now with the players, the players can use social media, which they couldn't do before. I mean, previously you would leak a little story to you know, a friendly journalist. It might be news in your particular area for a day or two, but now you know, with the social media impact you can have, it's very damaging for teams and players and agents are clever. They're, they're winning that particular game.
0: Okay, uh, let's wrap up the training camp trope conversation with uh, what do you want to see from here on in from training camp? What are the things that you actually are interested in viewing?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, as a Saints fan, you've got to look at every move and every pass that Winston and Hill throw are going to be examined to the nth <laughs> degree to see who succeeds Drew Brees. I mean, we, we've already had uh, the bloke in Notre Dame, Um whose first and second name I can't remember. Ian Book. Ian Book. uh, Ian I remembered. I don't like to call him Ian. I don't know him well enough. I was going to call him quarterback (laughs) or coach. But, uh, you know, even Ian Book's throws are getting, you know, the social media clips and, oh, how good is Ian? But it's like, come on, spare me. He's not going to be anywhere near the starting job unless he suddenly turns into Joe Montana, which he's not going to do. He's a decent pick at the round, of, I think, four that he was picked in. But the Saints will obsess over Hill and Winston and at least there's a genuine story in there because you could still go either way on not.
2: The only thing I care about from the, the, the rest of this is seeing more and more of Saquon Barkley out on the out on the grass. He's, running, he's running, running, running's maybe stretching it, he's jogging <laughs> uh, but he's got cleats on and that's a start. So I just want to see him progressing um, and that is literally the only thing that i am i am
0: majorly invested in right now (laughs) um i think you know i I, i'm i'm not interested in particular player performances or anything like that i think from training camp what i love seeing are the good and the, the the extreme good and the extreme bad in video clip form i think that that content and you know social media is is the best thing and the worst thing to happen to sport in general and it really is um but for the best thing is where you get that snippet content that you normally wouldn't see the thing the, the two clips that I shared the one of Aaron Rodgers absolutely rinsing it into that basket and then the one of James Winston I'm forever going to laugh at that um it's brilliant that's it's it, it's meaningless right it doesn't mean anything a player had a bit of a stumble before he went and did a drill who cares right It's funny though, and it gives us something to talk about, and it gives us something to wind up people about. And that, for me, is absolutely everything. You know, if that if it was Daniel Jones falling on his face uh, with no one around him, you know that we're watching that, and that's getting shared, you know. That would never happen, though. You would
2: never fall be... with no one around him. <laughs> it wouldn't.
0: You know, he's been practicing on it. It's been fine. <laughs> um, actually, just, it would be brilliant if they'd put one out of him just practicing roly-polies. So, you know, on, on the run, this is his training for this year, right? If you do fall this time, into the roly-poly, up you go. And away. <laughs>
1: oh, no, I, I, th- I think they should have one of him coming out the locker room and you just see, you know, the head and it'll eventually pan down, you see the number, and it'll just pan down that little bit as he's walking out, and you see her both hands boxing gloves. <laughs> That's what you need from the Giants. That would be a great little trope. Come on.
0: Yes. It would be. It would be uh, do you know what they could have a lot of fun with it. They could have a lot of fun with it. Okay. Um so plenty to look forward to. Ignore the nonsense. Uh, enjoy the highlights when they come on to then other things that are going on and we'll come on to a little interview we've got in a minute but canadian football league is back it returned last night uh jamie do you ever watch any of the canadian football league or not so much no 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 I, i quite enjoy the 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 cfl do you know it fills a gap it definitely fills a gap and it's on um espn so bt sport uh meaning that you can sit and watch the games so we can embrace that fully and enjoy it when it comes. Um, well, for anyone out there that does watch the Canadian Football League, enjoy it while it's back. Um, reach out to me and let me know your thoughts. Don't bother telling Jamie. He doesn't have a clue what he's watching. He's <laughs> <laughs> uninterested. Um, but the one thing that we did is we talked about on Twitter that the British American Football Association League is back. Uh, last weekend saw a return to action for a couple of the teams. And this Week sees the return of the Edinburgh Wolves and the East Kilbride Pirates as they go head to head to kick off what is a a single season of all Scottish conferences as we come out of the COVID situation. Um, So what we did is we caught up with Martin Harrison to get his thoughts ahead of the game. So absolutely delighted to be joined here on the NFL Scotland podcast once again by the head coach of the Edinburgh Wolves. Please welcome Martin Harrison. Good evening, Martin. Evening. Um good to be again. Yeah, it's good to have you back and you know so much so much has happened since we last spoke but also So little has happened since we last spoke. Um, Still to get your debut as head coach of the Wolves, but that all changes this weekend because, of course, the British American Football Association is back. This year, a little bit different. Uh, Post-COVID, things have been rejigged. We'll cover that in a minute. But what about you? Obviously, coming into a game, forget about the opposition. We'll talk about them in a minute. But for you personally, (laughs) this has been a long journey to get to where we've got to. How much are you looking forward to
3: uh, yeah, like a lot. Um, I took over as head coach of the Wolves in January 2020, so we got basically two months worth of preseason for what would have been that season, and then obviously everything shut down. And then looking to come back last September, and everything got shut down again. Looking to come back in January, everything got shut down again. <laughs> so we finally hit it on the third hurdle of uh, um, hit it on the third try to actually come back and actually get some practices together and. Finally, getting into some, into some games. So
0: yeah, it's been a been a long journey. How much are you looking forward to it personally?
3: Yeah, personally, yeah, loads. No, it's like it's it's big. It's like it's the first the first game I've head coached at, at this level. Um, you know, obviously not the not the prem that we were expecting to go into, but it's a, it's a big game and and trying to get trying to put all the hard see how all the hard work we've done over the last eighteen months. Uh, and see if that that translates onto the field.
0: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, you touched on it there. It isn't the Premier that you thought you were going to be going into. Obviously, things have been rejigged. For anyone that's not familiar with it, normally you'd be in a a division with the Tamworth Phoenix, uh, teams from Sheffield and Manchester and Newcastle, head. uh, you know, tends to be, I'd say the north of England, but Tamworth's not the bloody north, is it? (laughs) You know, that's a fair old trick. However... Post COVID, uh, it's been rejigged, and we're going into Scottish conferences this year.
3: Yeah, so there's there's two Scottish conferences, um, kind of that we're referring to as the Caledonian Division, which is the one that we're in, and uh, the Saltire Division, I believe, is the other one. So our division is consistent of uh, us, Edinburgh Wolves, the East Kilbride Pirates, the Glasgow Tigers, and the Inverclyde Goliaths. So, oh, we we're, we're currently the only Premiership team in Scotland um, but the other three teams are all Division 1 teams and obviously the Iskild Pirates were very recently in the Premiership as well so all very very kind of tough teams to, to be playing against in there
0: and I guess in our in our. COVID world that we're still living in um, having those games closer to home logistically is going to make it much much easier given that there's been no fundraising I would imagine very little in the way of income coming into teams Uh, it means that we can kind of get back into it nice and easy but first game this weekend up against the Pirates and like you talked about you know we're a premiership team for a very very long time Wolves fought their way up and East Kilbride were Scotland's team you know uh, they obviously fell away just uh, the last couple of seasons but we know they're very capable and this should be a really tasty the opening encounter
3: absolutely and yeah obviously the the, they've had a well-established yeah youth and junior system that's had brought guys in they've got links to the universities and things like that so they're gonna they're gonna have guys that have come through that have been chomping at the bit and ready to go from from those kind of programs so yeah we're, we're expecting we're expecting
0: a very very tough game from from those guys now, for anyone that's wanting to go along, the game takes place on Sunday, the 8th of August at G-H-A-R-F-C, which is at Bredome Road, Gifnook, Glasgow. If you need the postcode, G46, 6EB. I've got this down as a 4 p.m. start uh, on Sunday. So anyone wanting to attend that, highly recommend it. Um, you know, the standard is... Unfortunately, all- um, oh. unfortunately, it's a ticketed event and the tickets have sold out in like, oh. record time, unfortunately. So... Um,
3: um, yeah, unfortunately wow. you can't for this one, but there, there will be details of all the other games that come on, uh, especially as more spectators are starting to be allowed as we come out of,
0: uh, whatever the next level is. Hot, hot <laughs> cool. off the press. Well, uh, yeah. Great news that it's sold out. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know that the numbers will be limited, but brilliant. You know, the appetite's there for people to go and watch the game. So, brilliant. well, you can scrub my pitch for the game and you can yeah. hopefully follow it all online. <laughs> hopefully, there'll be tweets and things like that from the two clubs involved. Um, what about yeah. the preparations then from the Wolves, Martin? How, are, how have things been going for you guys in the preseason? This
3: This is quite possibly in my... Number of years of of coaching, this has been probably the most tasking pre-season I've ever encountered with the kind of navigating all of the different rules that we have to navigate. So starting off from having fully non-contact practices um, for for quite a period of time and with only allowed, what, 15 on a field. So uh, when we have a squad of 60 plus, it's kind of quite tricky and including coaches in that. And then kind of building up through various phases we're allowed to do contact but only amongst groups of six uh only for 20 minutes and things like that so it's been quite difficult to kind of plan out practice i kind of feel like that 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 meme of the the guy from it's always sunny in philadelphia just kind of trying to work things out as a, every week rather than actually trying to work out how we're getting through practices but yeah it's been it's been tricky but we've kind of slowly got into it and it's kind of it's kind of helped us in some ways to kind of make sure we're building things in slowly for for anyone that's kind of newer. And then obviously people that have not been, not really done much in the last, in the last year, uh, in t- especially in terms of football stuff. So it's been, it's been the right thing to do. It's just been, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. <laughs>
0: uh, it's been funny trying to put it all together. And you'll have had rookies from 2020. You were talking about, obviously, you'd started preseason, So there would have been rookies then that have still not played a game. They must be absolutely champing at the bit to get going as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, every, everyone is. And you've got guys that, because our season normally finishes in August. So, and I think the last game is now over two years ago for, for the Wolves. So you've got not just, yeah, new guys coming in, but you've got veterans who have not played the game in anger in, in two years. So, yeah, there's, everyone's just excited and really ready to go. And I'm sure East Gilbripe will be uh, will be in the same boat as well. What's your hopes and expectations
0: for the season ahead?
3: We're uh, obviously we, we we want to win it, we want to win every game. Um, but we're 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 in a position now, and I I talked about it in a in a, in a blog I did, which you can read on Edinburghwolves.com, um, that uh we're kind of getting ready for for Prem. So next year everything goes back to quote unquote where it was in 2019 or where it finished off in 2019. So we're getting ready for that. But that again, doesn't mean that we're taking anyone lightly. We know where we sit in terms of the position of the, the Scottish Prem team. So we know teams are going to come and bring everything. And so we want to win, but as I say, that's, that's, we want to keep our our mantle of the the number one team in Scotland. And so we've got to earn that. And that's, that's what we've got to do this week. And in the, the weeks leading up, um, but as I say, it doesn't stop us from from developing guys and bringing guys on and getting them ready for next season as well.
0: One of the things that the Wolves had been facing into before all this happened was a couple of the top players were, were starting to get interest from Europe. Uh, guys getting the opportunity to go and play abroad. Uh, has the COVID situation resulted in more of the guys staying in Scotland? And does that mean that you've got more of your top players staying in Edinburgh this year?
3: um it's print pretty, pretty similar to what we what we had before um so there's there's there are some guys that have have still managed to 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 eke their way over to 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 europe um but yeah i think it's as as much as that and it's as much as guys not necessarily going back home after university and things like that they're just kind of sticking around and we've been able to maintain a lot of our guys from early 2020 to, to now purely because it's it's they're, they're sticking around in town um and for Wolves home games this year back at Peffer Mill? Back at Peffermill, Mill or starting at Peffermill, yeah. because I don't think yeah, it's we really, it's um Yeah, we've been actually practicing there week on week and now we'll be playing games in there. First one is two weeks on Sunday against the Glasgow Tigers.
0: Yeah, 22nd of August for that one. And fixtures all the way right up until October. Like you said, unusual because this is normally summer. It's normally done and dusted ahead of the NFL season. But actually, there's a couple of dates here where potentially uh, you could go and watch the Wolves and then go and watch the NFL straight afterwards. That's a great way to spend the Sunday. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> definitely is. yeah double football day or treble football day or
3: quadruple football day if you're going to stay up till three o'clock in the morning after watching watching this play yeah absolutely
0: um what do you think which of the teams offense defense special teams which one do you think is going to have the hardest task to blow off those cobwebs and get going again
3: um it's one of those things where it's kind of uh defense always starts quicker always gets quicker especially in a situation where we've not had you know none of us have had a lot of games and stuff like that in a long time that kind of tends to go quicker but it's who knows <laughs> it's tough to know um tough to know what we what we've been able to do in in these situations um i'd like to say i'd like to say it won't be offense because that's what i'll be uh, i'll be running but
0: um <laughs> but who knows it could be it, it's all an unknown at this point so um and obviously there's um that division below as well. So there's a, a whole conference of Scottish teams underneath that. So the, the game continues to grow in, in Scotland. You know, yeah. uh, Inver Inverclyde Goliath, as you talk about, we've seen the Dumfries Kings, uh, sorry, not the Dunfermline Kings come into this one. Uh, it, it is growing and it's a real opportunity as well for people who want to get involved with the game to come and play for the local team as well. Mm
2: hmm.
3: Absolutely, yeah. So yeah,
0: there's there's teams all, all over Scotland. So there's the the
3: high, Dunfermline Kings played the Highland Stags at the weekend. So team from up from Inverness. So all the way up there, all the way down to Dumfries. So there's teams everywhere. It's not just not just in and around Glasgow that we, we, we seem to be travelling to this year. But yeah, there's teams teams all over the place that you can go play for.
0: Um, and it's something that we want to talk about more and more on the NFL Scotland podcast you know really support the local teams there's some great action uh, there's some great quality quarterbacking for the Edinburgh Wolves this year Who who's going to be under centre is that being kept under wraps until opening day
3: it, it was I was going to be kept under wraps Have me link Jamie Morrison is back who has um, uh, played for us for many many years um, but we've yeah uh, and went over to uh, Europe to play as well and, and was coming back to the coach and Felt, felt like he loves the games so he's come back to play for us and we've got some we've actually got some competition for him this year as well with some guys from from university and from, from
0: elsewhere as well. Ah, excellent. Yeah, no, Jamie, a very well-established quarterback. And, and if you are going along to watch, you know, certainly from the Edinburgh Wolves point of view, he's definitely a player that's very capable. Uh, it'll be exciting to see him back playing for the Wolves again. Uh, did get that great opportunity in the Czech Republic, but, uh, you know, came back, was doing well. Uh, and long may that continue. Uh, other key players of notes, who, who are you looking to this year from your guys? Ah, that's that's
3: that's giving it away a little bit. I think I think people know our are, are kind of linebackers and that have played for for Great Britain in terms of Ross Young and uh, Jason Gray. Um, so those guys are back. They're they're ready, ready fit, ready to go. Um, yeah, uh, as good as good as they were before, if not better.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um, obviously an interesting season ahead. We we wish you all the very best. Uh, we'll be watching. We'll be sharing the results as we can get them on the NFL Scotland podcast, Twitter feed and Facebook. We'll be talking about it in the coming weeks as well. But Martin, thank you for joining us. We will get you back later in the season. Uh, we're potentially looking as well. Maybe we'll organize a little something for when uh, Edinburgh play the Pirates in Edinburgh as well. We might have to come along and watch that one for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. So brilliant to hear from Martin there. Uh, we wish both the Wolves, the Pirates, we wish all the teams the best of luck this season. Jamie, it's great to just get the guys back playing and we just hope that people are able to turn up. Great to hear that it's a sellout already. I was surprised by that. But great that it's sold out. Great that these guys are getting to play football. Some of them for the first time at this level. And for Martin, you know, joined joined Edinburgh Wolves in January 2020 and this is him about to head coach his first game. So, you know, obviously a big moment for him uh, and great to see American football back in Scotland.
2: I absolutely love it. I love the dedication of these guys. These are guys who are, are, you know, it's not like anyone here can can grow up playing the game. So the amount of effort that they put in to get themselves up to, a, a, you know, a, a level enough where they can go out, they can compete against each other must have been so frustrating, uh, particularly for Martin there given everything that's going on. Um, brilliant to see it back um, and I really enjoy going along to to, to to watch the games as well you know it's um, yeah yeah it's just it, it, it's brilliant to see them all out there getting into it enjoying it and, and, and having it on our doorstep it's fantastic.
0: Uh, Paul we talked about and we maybe put some colour behind this but maybe we'll try and do something with the podcast at one of the Wolves games with most of us being Edinburgh based we might try and get along to one of the games this season it'd be good to just get along to Peffermil and and see some action.
1: Absolutely, no. I'd be all for that camera. I think it's it's well worth supporting the local game in the NFL Scotland podcast. Obviously, we look at you know the the main action, but I think it's great to see how the game is growing in this country, and it's a, it's a good Sunday afternoon out as well.
0: Absolutely, and different as we talked about with Martin there, but the season, because of the COVID restrictions, the season is later, normally done and dusted by this point, we're actually going to be in the position where you can go and see a game on a Sunday afternoon and then go to the pub and watch NFL straight after it. So that's a, that's a decent way to spend a Sunday if you can get that much time away from whoever you need to get away from. <laughs> to be able
1: to do it. <laughs> Care- careful now, careful now. Uh,
0: okay, uh, anything else that you guys want to cover before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a story that's emerging, in all credit Sky Sports News, um, that is talking about the, the German situation. Apparently, seven cities are in the running. Uh, Munich is looking like an early favourite. Hamburg might not be ready in time, but there is no Berlin in the list. Come on, Berlin. I want to go there. Come on. <laughs> get, your, get your finger pulled out. I want to go and see some history and some NFL and drink beer in Berlin. Make that happen. I'm slightly annoyed at that.
0: Definitely a matter of time before that happens. Uh, Interesting, though, you touched on a good point there. Uh, Ticket update has been finally revealed um, for the London Games this year. So tickets are going to be available again. I think uh, season tickets will be available to renew from Thursday the 12th of August until Monday the 16th. Then what they're doing is anybody that had a Wembley season ticket will be able to purchase a single game ticket for Spurs at 10 a.m. on Wednesday the 18th until Friday the 20th, and then there'll be a general sale from Wednesday the 25th of August. So, do you know what? This was a difficult one because you obviously had a number of season ticket holders at Spurs. You had a number of season ticket holders at Wembley. You're now not playing at Wembley. What do you do for those season ticket holders to make it fair? It is a really tough one, um, and it's had mixed reaction i think um on on social media i'm not sure what else the nfl could have done for wembley season tickets other than give them first dibs on single games once the season ticket holders have renewed
1: yeah yeah i think it's pretty difficult i think they've tried to handle as best they can you're not going to please everybody and you can't start out by trying to please everybody i mean I will moan again, I think Wembley is the better venue, it's the better setup, and it, the hospitality is much, much better at Wembley rather than at Spurs. Uh yes, you know, so I'm disappointed there's not a Wembley game. I think people clearly showed their preference. I think we've we've done a poll before, Cameron. And I mean it's pretty split about we where people prefer. I mean, Spurs does have its pluses, you know, it does for the players and the organization, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with the surface and the dressing rooms and all that kind of thing. But as a fan, uh I mean I'll argue with anybody you know that but I'll argue that the, the toss, that the Wembley's the much better venue. Yeah I
0: think we talked about this before I think Wembley's definitely the better to get to there's no two ways about that. I I like Spurs. I like that built-in brewery. I like that there's um you know the the beer option is definitely better at Spurs. And if the game's terrible that's an important factor let me tell you. <laughs> so um also my seats were better at Spurs than they were at Wembley. So I'm quite happy for it to be at Spurs. <laughs> Jamie, any input on that? You think they've done the right thing?
2: Oh, it's so it's so difficult, and uh, uh, there's always going to be people frothing. um, But you've got to understand that uh, this is not a particularly normal situation, and uh, you know maybe there will be disappointment, but you kind of have to just accept that. Um, Still haven't been to well, I've been I've been to Wembley, I haven't been to to um, Spurs, so I'm not able to compare. I, I love Wembley as a you know, a a theatre for watching, um, for watching games. So from that perspective, and I guess also there's, there's a a long history with Wembley and NFL. Now it is, it is disappointing. You got to hope that we'll see games back there.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely. Right. Well, that's the NFL Scotland podcast training camp done for today. And it's the full time whistle for episode 153. If I've remembered my numbers, Uh, that's one of the tests in training camp. Um, We will be back again soon. We've got a lot coming up as we kind of start ramping up now for the season coming ahead. We've got some really exciting sponsorship deals that we've been working on that we're going to be announcing over the next couple of weeks um, that you, the listener, are absolutely benefiting from all the way through this. Um, we are working with some Scottish companies, uh, and we've got great things for you guys to get involved in, so we are very excited about that. Paul, as well, we're also working on a week one event. People have started asking us about that. We haven't announced anything yet because we still don't know the capacity, and we need to just get some clarification on that. We hope to do that in the coming days, and we hope to have an announcement soon, but if you're in Edinburgh, for week one, and you fancy getting together with a bunch of uh, other American football fans for a bit of a live event with a, a little live podcast before it, pencil that in your diary, and uh, we'll have information for you very, very soon.
1: Yeah, I just had word in from the First Minister's office. We Nicholas says, go on your guys. You can do whatever you want. So that, that's really encouraging <laughs> coming from our First Minister.
0: But yeah, that's it. Uh, do share your thoughts on this podcast and every single one on social media at Scotland NFL and search for NFL Scotland on Facebook.
1: Lots of exciting things coming up. My thanks to Jamie for joining us today. He got through the whole thing without throwing a punch. Boy, am I impressed. Anyway, that's it for the NFL Scotland podcast. Until next time, from Cameron, from Jamie and myself, bye for now.
0: Okay, um, there's other dog walkers here, right? Let me go deal with that and I'll come back. I'll be right back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, you? That, that has got to stay, stay as the trailer for the whole pod. <laughs> That's that nice that a good
2: edit point, actually. So, we yeah. well, well played, well played, the dog.
1: Well, at least there's one broadcaster in the family. <laughs> and I know he's going to listen back to that. and He knows I'm only kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh... <laughs>